I think my kid's smoking meth. Just going to say that and back away from the microphone. Dan, I because I'm beside myself, Dan. That's why I had to ba- I had to back away because now there's two of me and they were crowding the mic because I'm so beside myself with this. Dan, I got it. I thought this was like a joke of like the kids seeing two of you because of the meth. No, well, maybe he is, you know. I mean, there's all the signs are there, right? He's uh he's acting spazzy and he keeps losing teeth like he all of his teeth are falling out. He's got that. He's got the meth mouth, Dan. So you tell me. Do you need a? Do you need a doctor? Do you need a, a shoulder to cry on? Do you need some encouraging words? Do you need a? What do I you need? need? A, I need a doctor. Child protective services. I need a doctor that uh, specializes in shoulders to cry on, and is also moonlighting with CPS. I need. I need. I need a one stop shop, Dan, because. I've never seen this. I, I, I can't believe it, you know? I mean, what other reason would a six-year-old's teeth just be falling out of his mouth like that? I don't I understand. Mean, have you read, any, you read any children's books? I mean, it could be nature taking its course. What do you mean? It's what happens. Just like, you know, old people, they die. Young people, they lose their teeth. Oh, so this is like a... This is supposed to happen. So I feel bad for your kid. Uh, never, never been visited by the tooth fairy. <laughs> Oh, he did, but we just figured it was because he needed more money for meth. But like, you're telling me this is just something they that six year olds go through. An enabler. That's when I put on the CPS hat. Oh, oh no, oh no. Okay, <laughs> good thing we're editing all this out because this is the uh, Jack Drast- <laughs> the Jack Drastic edited Men Seeking Tomahawks, the uh, talk variety and independent music show of your dreams. I am the aforementioned Jack Drastic alongside me. One mama's fancy boy, the uh, Danny Matthews hyphen Franks. Danny, how are you? I'm doing well. It is. Uh, it has been a minute, but I'm happy to be chatting with you, catching up on everything in your life, teeth or no teeth. Yeah. Substance abuse. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, and I still yeah. can't get over the fact that you don't scrub your lower body when you shower. No, like, stop. That, no, nobody <laughs> that needs knows. To be revisited again. No, it doesn't. And I said that. I, there are there are so many caveats to what you just said. We we haven't been around too much lately. It's been uh, been weird, right? Because there have been personal maladies that have arisen that have personal triumphs. Personal triumphs have happened too. There's been weird uh, living in end of times sort of things that have kind of bummed us out to the point where doing this thing just didn't feel right but here we are once again fighting through all that right fighting through it um yeah yeah it's uh you know we've even got a, a member of the the team on the injured reserve right now so it's just we do. really really craziness it is crazy but Damn. you're looking healthy you're looking happy i feel okay i feel all right all you know? right well there we go yeah you know I don't you don't want to start to get cocky about it, right? You're just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, she, don't don't point, don't point. It's fine. Let's just go with it's fine. It's fine. And depending on when this releases, uh, don't look at your Bitcoin value. Oh, don't worry about that. It's fine. Evergreen, evergreen ever, content. Such ever. Crypt, crypto is is topical now and into the foreseeable future. That's that's a guarantee. 
That's a guarantee. So, Danny, uh, tonight I have things that I'd like to discuss with you because, uh, as we said, it's been a little bit since we've recorded. We haven't been very consistent as of recent in the summertime. These things happen. And part of the reason for that was because recently I have embarked on a quest in pursuit of fun having, Dan. It's been a bit of a roller coaster, lots of ups and downs. And I am here to update you, good listener, on the tomfoolery and all that implies. So do stay tuned because it's been a thing. It has been a thing. Indeed. But first, before we launch into that mysterious teasy tease, we have a one of our buddies, Dan, has had a recent uh, bit of a personal triumph, and I thought we should celebrate it by having a little bit of a listen. Because uh, not too long ago, we featured a German techno musician that goes by the handle Nanopax. Well, good old Nanopax, Dan, just recently... Uh, played his very first music festival, a pretty pretty notable one too. It's uh, it's called the the Trembling Mind Festival, there in Lichtenfels, Germany. Dan nailed it. So I thought it would be kind of cool. Uh, I don't think we've done this before, but we're going to give a little bit of a listen to a live performance from our good friend. Nanopax live at Trembling Mind Festival. It is to be heard right here on Men Seeking Tomahawk.
just a little taste, a little excerpt, if you will, of our friend Nano Packs live at the Trembling Mind Festival, Dan, there in Lichtenfels, Germany. Checked out that Instagram from the festival. Looks like a really good time, and I'm sure Nano Packs definitely brought the heat with that with that set. I agree. If you would like to hear more from Nano Packs or any artists featured on the program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. Okay, Dan. I had a terrible idea one time. <laughs> and just I'm once? Gonna, well, let's just focus on this one time for now. And uh, I need friend feedback. I need to walk through this, and I need to get your input on many of the things that have been happening to me as of recent. So, Dan, I have begun considering something, something that in my lifetime I have never, ever truly considered. It has always remained for me as a red line thing, something that uh, I have personally lost friends that were involved with this thing at a very young age. I like to play it safe most of the time as much as possible, especially these days as uh, I have aged considerably. But all of a sudden, Dan, I got on the YouTube. Have you ever heard of the YouTube, Dan? I haven't. I feel like a lot of bad decisions these days start that way. So I got on the YouTube and uh, I let me let me let me backtrack just a second. Oh my gosh, you're like uh, you're teasing me here. Oh, I'm I'm doing well. I'm uh, we're edging. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, mom. So uh, yeah, so you and I are both electric vehicle enthusiasts, are we not? Am I? Am I? We've am, done a whole episode on how enthusiastic we are about electric vehicles. Just to uh, <laughs> neither one of us be owners of, of one. But yes, no. we are both very uh, very much fanboys. So, in my studying of the internet, I came across something that piqued my interest, Dan. Because a long-time, well-established American brand has come out with an electric vehicle, Dan... And that brand is Harley Davidson. Oh, not just any vehicle. Not just any vehicle. So I kind of started to get my head thinking about an electric motorcycle. Because, Dan, I don't know about you, but the last three years have been tricky. Just from a global perspective, we've all been going through the same things, right? Now, for me, it's been a little bit more close to home because of my day job. So the last three years have been tough, right? They've they've been. I almost feel semi-retired at this point. I'm, I fought the I fought the war, and I just want a little bit of fun. And so, you know, I start wrapping my head around this thing that there is an electric motorcycle out there. 
and I just want to start learning about it. So I do. I go to the YouTube, and uh, man, these kids these days, Dan, they've got these little cameras that they put on their heads, and they get on bike on motorcycles and they ride. And I got to tell you, it looks fun as f. Like it's kind of like virtual reality. Like you're watching on the YouTube where this kid is on a bike and it feels like you're on the bike cause you can see the POV of the arms and they're just whizzing around. And I'm sitting here looking at these kids riding around on these electric Harleys. And I'm like, Holy crap. That, that looks pretty badass. It's green. So it checks that box. Can I interject and ask, please, is, please. This, is this something you're, you're admitting it to be a midlife crisis or is it just one in your, that you're in denial about? As I just mentioned, this checks a lot of boxes, Dan. <laughs> so yes, absolutely. I am 39, six months. Oh God. Oh God. Less than six months. Yeah, we're halfway through. Oh year, God. I'm less than six months away from four zero. So yes, it is it is prime time for a midlife crisis. So so to me, I'm thinking, okay, cool. What if I did a life crisis, a midlife crisis that was also environmentally friendly? That I can kind of I can kind of get behind that. As I said, post COVID, I kind of want some fun, just some get out and do something for myself. Why can't Daddy have some fun for once? Why can't Daddy have some fun? The other thing about this, Dan, is that it would be kind of neat to try something uh, of the electric variety without committing to it, right? Because a motorcycle isn't something I could like take to work and do big stuff with. I'm probably riding it out to Cleburne Railroaders games. I'm probably riding it to do little honeydew things around town. It might be fun to just have some little zippy fun uh, that's also not burning any gas which is not exactly the cheapest thing right now. So let me interject with uh, my, my question number two here so that I, myself for kind of theater of the mind and for, for anyone else who isn't sure, like the first thing I think of when you mention electric motorcycle, I'm thinking like uh, little scooters, maybe a, a moped. I don't, we don't have them much in Dallas, but down in Austin, you know, they got the, the little, the little scooters that you stand on, but they've also got kind of like half bike, half motorcycle, is this the kind of thing we're talking about or or would to uh, a naked eye look like a regular motorcycle? It looks very much like a Harley Davidson Sportster. Okay, so it, not a hog. It's a 550 pound motorcycle. It does zero to 60 in like three seconds. That's dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, okay, so I don't, I don't know the term sportster. Is is this like a Harley Davidson hog, or is this more like a like a ninja? More think ninja. If okay. that's a sentence that I can just throw out there, if at all grammatically. They come in like neon colors and all that. No, it, it, it's more of a, it's more of a Harley look and feel. Go just Google Dan. You're sitting right here looking at me on internet. Open theater of the tab. mind. Theater oh, of the mind. I just want you to explain it to me. I want to close my eyes and hear you okay. hear you say the words. I'm sorry, Dan. So, okay. So, yeah, it's it's a badass bike. There's a bit, a bit of a limit because of range, just like every other EV on the planet. What is that range? Uh, it's like 60 to 70 miles if you're going flat out on the highway. It's closer to 130-ish miles if you're like a mix of 
like in city in town kind of thing. So, you know, I could get to a baseball game. I could go What's to the, the time to charge one hour on a supercharger, 11 to 12 hours on a standard charger. Okay, so you, you pull up to the, the Cleburne Railroaders game and just uh, ask them if they have an extension cord. <laughs> you, you unplug the pitching machine from the batting cages and just plug, just plug in your, uh, your motorcycle. <laughs> Look, I've seen, I've seen you guys pitch. You don't need this. Just, tur- just turn it off. Yeah, yeah just no. go lose the game and uh, yeah, just go, let me, yeah. plug, in my, let me yeah. plug in my bike. I'm a season ticket holder. Don't worry. Yeah, season ticket holder. <laughs> I'm yeah. paying your salary. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. They're banking off me. So, yeah, it... It checks, like I said, it checks a lot of boxes, Dan. The midlife crisis box, the post-COVID fun having, the the environmentally conscious. This is interesting too. This will appeal to you because I know how uh, how you are with uh, budgeting and stuff. Very few things these days are actually less expensive. Now, when this bike was first introduced, it was closer to thirty thousand dollars. But then Harley realized that the $30,000 electric Harley was not something that they had an audience for. If you we're flying off the drift. shelves. They we're weren't for some, the lot. some bizarre reason. Now, since then, Harley has spun off this brand, the Livewire, to its own company. And in doing so, they actually lowered the price by about eight grand. So, again, appealing to so many factors that I consider this wasn't I think that you think that I'm just going midlife crisis but no there's a very intricate interwoven bit of logic to me considering this I've worked through a lot of this on my own uh it's it's not only all of those other factors that I've already mentioned but it's also again one of the very few things you can find in this world that the cost has actually gone down on recently and and I have always heard from motorcycle owners that one of the benefits of it is it saves money, right? Like, so that's already a thing with motorcycles, even before, you know, the gas money. Any fears of safety? I know you mentioned like you've you've lost friends and stuff. Like this definitely seems like uh, it's not as extreme as this, but I do hear about people who. Uh, become wealthy in their later years and they like buy an airplane and then try to learn how to fly an airplane. And like all the people that have been flying airplanes since their twenties are like, Oh my God, those are the people that die. It's the doctors and attorneys that get rich. And then when they're 50, they buy their first airplane. Right. Um, I'm a little worried that that could be the case with the motorcycle. No, it's it. Well, and that's gotta be the drawback, right? Like of all the things that's really the drawback is the the risk now when i was a junior in high school there was a fella by the name of jared who had just graduated a year before before i became a junior and we had played football together and yeah he one year out of high school was on a dirt bike no helmet crashed into a mailbox dead and that was a very troubling thing for me. You know, we're we're kids, right? Yeah. And this is a guy that I literally lined up against in football. You know, we knew each other well. And he was gone. He was gone as a kid. I mean, I'm that was 20 years ago. And uh it was 20 plus years ago. And it's and it's like, wow, that kid, I'm an old guy now. I'm I'm an older guy now. That guy never had he never grew up, you know. It's wild. It's wild to think about. And so, now, okay, that, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 sorry. That that definitely put me on the 
other on the team of anti motorcycle for the longest time. And, and if I know you, you're definitely someone that often errs on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would think that <laughs> you might be the the motorcycle guy on the street. If if you know this, I don't know where the story ends or if it has one yet, but. I could see you definitely being the guy in the the slow lane on the motorcycle that people are passing <laughs> because because you're the guy that like doesn't want to go five over the speed limit. You know, maybe yeah. uh, maybe you look like the uh, I don't know what the the term is, but uh, like the kid on the um, the Christmas story that's just like completely padded up and you've got uh, mom made you put on wrist guards and and your knee guards and all that yeah. before you could get out on the rollerblades. Yeah, so you're probably right. Couple of thoughts there though. You and I have done wild ass things. We know each other because we've done wild ass dangerous things. Yep. You know. Now I'm years removed from professional wrestling. I am not doing that. I I don't have that in me anymore. But when I did do it, safety was absolutely the the priority for me. And I tried my best to to be known as one of the safe reliable guys you could work with right um now i've only been knocked out twice in my life and one of those two times was at at your hands here here it is and whose fault was that dan i don't remember i mean i I, I wish that concussion never had happened so i could remember what happened oh my god just uh listener go go on sorry i I interrupted you you don't get to do that was dan's fault it was dan's fault uh he needed he never learned how to take a uh an arm he just never, he never did. Anyway, clothesline. Never learned to take a clothesline, Dan. That's your problem. So, damn it, Dan. So, so when I was when I was wrestling, I did it as safely as I could, as safely as possible. When I quote unquote retired from wrestling, it was because I knew I wasn't at the same level in terms of being able to keep my opponent safe. And so I trust me enough to make good decisions. And I trust 39 year old Jack on a motorcycle a lot more than I trust 25 year old Jack on a motorcycle. I just feel like maturity and experience has will translate into uh, a safe experience. So mitigating risk is definitely uh, a, a definitely important thing and kind of in tandem to that and kind of going back to mulling over all of the benefits of of motorcycling and and this contemplating incorporating this into the day-to-day is that uh i don't know about you dan but i drink way too much now like as soon as covid happened it was pretty much like try to slog through the end of the world eight to 10 hours a day. And then what do you do? And you crack open a cold one without the boys because there's no boys. You just no boys, but no commute. So you got extra time on your hands. You got extra time. You got that added safety of not, you know, I'm not going to drive. I'm not driving anywhere. So have an extra drink. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so most, most, almost every night it was just have a, have a, an adult pop. Right. And with motorcycling, you can't. You, I mean, I know there's probably people who do, but they're dumb. Yeah. You just, you cannot drink. And so this sounds bad. I know that. 
but it is a just full disclosure. It's an, it's a benefit to me is that this gives me an excuse to cut way back. And without getting too far ahead of myself, I'll tell you that it's already helped substantially. And this is purely from a, Hey, if I want to get on the bike later standpoint, I can't have a drink now. Or it's, if I drink too much today, then I'm going to be too big or too out of shape or too something for the motorcycle tomorrow. Well, or I know what you're saying is, yeah, like beer gut kind of stuff. Yeah. But the other thing is hangover. Like you have to have your wits about you. Yeah. You, you have to emphasize safety. And if you're dealing with a hangover from the night before, you can't, you can't be sure of, of yourself getting on a bike. And so... Again, Dan, I come to you to give you to present my argument is that I have all these reasons why I think this is this could be a good thing. This could be something that I could mitigate risk and have a lot of cool fun with. Now, that all sounds good on paper, and this is very much to this point of the conversation of my head in paper. When we come back, I'm going to discuss how the adventure has gone on since I took this idea off the paper and wandered into my local Harley Davidson shop for a little chit chat. Oh, it's getting real. It's, it's, it's too real, a little too real. But before we get into that bit of the story, we have more music for you. We started off way over there in Lichtenfels, Germany. We're going to come back home just a skosh and check in with uh, Alternative Rocker from Brooklyn. For your consideration, this is Billy Motherboard with the song Coconut right here on MST. And not be. 
bed of evening, nightmares carry me to the track that I feel brings me back to mid-90s, sitting there listening to the FM alternative radio there in Houston, Texas. But but here it is. It's not the 90s, Dan. Much to our chagrin, it is the 2020s. And that was Billy Motherboard with the track Coconut. Bit of alternative rock from Brooklyn. I would not have guessed Brooklyn, but uh, yeah, you just close your eyes and, like you said, it takes us back probably before old Billy Motherboard was even born, back Gosh. when we were uh, his age. Yep, indeed. So back at it, Dan. Back after this saga, this weird little side quest I've been on. So I laid out the plan to you, Dan. I lay, laid out the pluses, the minuses. That's what I had been going over in my head over and over again. And I just decided, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to do it. Let's one go. of our friends, one of the the crew here on the show, he's a uh, former motorcycle owner, reached out to him, started to figure out, you know, some cool kick-ass gear, trying to not look too much like a leather daddy, get some get some <laughs> cool kids stuff, right? So the car before the horse? I'm going to buy the gear before I get the motorcycle or no? Uh, hey. Okay, go on. Us weeblows are always prepared, Dan. That's what we do. So I got, 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 you know, just started to mull over the lifestyle, I guess you'd say. And one day after work, I meandered into the largest Harley Davidson shop in Texas. Wow. It's right here in the, uh, right smack dab in the middle of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. I had had a long day at work. I thought, you know what? It is time that I do a little something for me. Felt really good about it. I took five paces into the Harley dealership. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, anytime someone at this dealership buys a bike, they have a contraption that is a uh, massive air canister, compressed air canister, connected to two of the largest 18-wheeler horns that you'll ever see. And when you buy a bike at this dealership, they launch that thing. And it sounds like it sounds like you are standing two feet away from a large boat. And I had already been rattled and exhausted. And I get in and that <laughs> goes off. And I immediately turned around. And I was like, you know what? I'm on the fence about this whole motorcycle thing. <laughs> this is a sign from God. It is this is a sign from God that I do not be- these are not my people. I do not belong here. <laughs> 
So I walked out and I drove home and I decided, I decided I can't, I can't, I just can't. And so, you know, the days passed and I kept watching the videos and thinking more on it. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. And maybe what I'll do is I'll do the, the, the thing that the kids are doing. I'll just get on the internet, Dan. So I got on the internet and I did this, the clickety clackety thing. And I talked to one of the internet salespeople there and I was like, Hey, complete novice here. Have literally don't like the air horns. So let's start there. (laughs) I did mention the air horns. I was like the air horns. Like, I I feel like you guys got a lot of vets in there. Right. And like PTSD, you know, I was like, I don't feel like this is a good thing, but you do, but you do you, you know, like I'm not part of the culture. So I'm just, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a visitor. Right. And so just got the, the lay of the land. I was like complete, absolute beginner here. What do I need to know? And they're like, well, we have, we have uh, beginner safety lessons. You can come in. Uh, there's an online, like a training deal. It's three or four hours. Then you come in, you do some classroom time. And then all weekend, we're going to put you on the bikes and we're going to teach you stuff. And I was like, you know what? Even if I don't get a motorcycle, it's a couple hundred bucks to, to take some safety courses and learn about motorcycles. Like, you know, what do I have to lose? So, and let me stop you real quick. There is this, I don't know how like licensing and stuff works for this. Would Mm -hmm. this type of thing be required before you became a motorcycle driver anyways? Yeah. So you have to have a, a, a stamp on your driver's license in Texas that indicates that you can, you're permitted, I guess, to, to ride motorcycles. So this is something that's like not, not a nice to have thing. It's something that you would need to do anyways. Legally, you have to have a motorcycle license. So, so yes, you would have to have that. And back to your point earlier about, you know, me t- taking this seriously, I was in, in terms of safety. Absolutely. I was like, I absolutely must get in and, and be as safe about this as possible. And that's why I started buying the gear early. I was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to make sure I have every bit of gear. I'm going to make sure that I really take the classes seriously and I'm going to do this. If, I, if I'm going to do it, I have to have confidence that I have done my due diligence to make sure that I get this done the right way. So about two weeks ago, as of this recording, I was doing the work from home thing and would take a little break here and there, 15 minute module, bam, 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 knock it out. Took about a week, got the the online component of it done. Go to the class. It was at the end. It was on a Thursday night. Go up to the dealership. Go up. I mean, it was probably a five hour thing one night, and uh, knocked that out. Ace the test. Ace the written test. So you were there for five hours. Yes, that's intense. It was. It was. You know, it it felt. I mean, it's been a long time since I've done driver's ed. But it felt very much like the driver's ed safety courses. You know, this now, was. Did you wear your armored clothing? No, I didn't. Didn't wear the armored clothing in the classroom. Okay, but uh, I do have armored clothing, which is kind of a cool secret. Like, motor, I didn't really know this, but like, when you start buying motorcycle gear, they come with like, like yeah, like armor, like literal armor, and it's like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. You know, it's like middle school football. A little bit, but with fashionable clothing and not fashionable clothing, <laughs> whatever you want to do. It's great. 
So I did the, the classroom night and, uh, you know, it, it went well, it went really well, uh, made, you know, there were some, some nice people there made, made some friends. We get to the, the class, like the, the, the actual writing component and oh my God, I am not a night. I'm not a morning person, Dan. Uh, I am not fond of waking up early, but, uh, it was only a couple days. So, okay. Saturday and Sunday, wake up at five, get up to the dealership at, uh, before 7am and we're getting on motorcycles and we're doing exercises. And, um, this is where this kind of gets, this is where it became very evident that what I am trying to attempt here is not really adopted as of yet. Meaning that really 99.99% of motorcycling and motorcyclists are still in the internal combustion engine world, that realm. I am not interested in, in the gas powered motorcycle like that. All of my checked boxes need to be checked so that I can feel like I can pull the trigger on this. And the issue here therein lies with the fact that an electric motorcycle has a throttle. That's it. There's no, there's no clutch. There's no change in gears. It's just, you do this and it's dummy stuff. Like that's all you got to do. You got your brakes and your right hand and your right foot, but there's no switching gears and stuff. It's like an automatic car. It is. And with training, training is not positioned is not, they're not there yet. You're still, you're still being taught on an old Harley Davidson 500, which is, you know, it's clutch throttle, uh, transmission, you know, switching the gears, all that stuff. My one experience on a motorcycle is actually when we were wrestling and the promoter of Dan and I's home, uh, wrestling organization was a motorcycle enthusiast and he put me on his motorcycle a couple times, just let me try it out. And I would, I stalled it out a lot because I couldn't figure out the, how to get the clutch and the, the throttle to marry like you're supposed to. It was, you know, uh, whatever, revoke my man card, whatever you want to do. Now, are you someone who has certainly driven a, a, st- a manual stick shift via- car? I have. And this and, is not the same type of feeling? Well, no. Um, it's a lot easier, to me at least, personally, in a car. And, I, and I'm not going to say I was much better at that, but I could at least, you know, get around the neighborhood in a stick shift, but motorcycles, I didn't, didn't grasp it way back in the day. And having done a couple days on a genuine motorcycle, I still, I can tell you, I still don't quite grasp it. Now the old man in me would say, Sonny, you got to learn how to ride the manual transmission before you can get onto the automatic. Like you got to learn, you got to learn the fundamentals, fundamentals. And I'm sure that's that's probably something to do with theirs, or to them, it's just all the other vehicles that they offer, which is like like you said, 99% of the people there. Yeah, that's what they're going to be on anyway. So it's just easier to have just that one. 
yeah, it, it doesn't make sense for them to offer, given the lack of volume of electric motorcycle sales, it doesn't make sense for them to have a niche kind of training, I guess, at this point. Now, were you considered the, the, the sissy of this training? Like, did they make everyone raise their hand if you're here for the gas? And then everyone raised their hand but you. And then, all right, now who's the pansy with the electric vehicle wishes and dreams? And you're like, I guess it's me. I I definitely was an outlier. I, I don't want to say I felt uh, cornered or uh, I didn't feel pointed out or focused in on. But I could definitely, if you read the room, it was, <laughs> there were certain people there that were, enamored with a letter that comes somewhere after uh p i guess you know oh <laughs> uh maybe thinking that the world might not be spherical you know there there was definitely that element of person there but uh i wouldn't say i was cornered i was definitely not a focus for anybody they i think most people there were just trying to get their stuff in now let me ask you this cuz you're talking about your yeah experience with driving that that type of vehicle did it seem like the others maybe had more experience on motorcycles and that's why they were maybe able to do what you weren't like because what you've explained to me is that it seems like you should be doing this class before you get out and like ride motorcycles but what you described makes it seem like it's not just like something that you just wake up knowing how to how to work the clutch on a motorcycle but to those people seem like, hey, they kind of had, you know, kind of a uh, backstrip tra- training or something before they got here. It, it was varying degrees of expertise. There, there was a, there was a, an, an older gentleman who had been riding motorcycles for a decade or two, and he was just there to get cleaned up in his skills, you know, refined, I guess, kind of polish them. And then there were people that uh, there was one person who got sent home the first day because they just could not grasp the controls whatsoever. I, I could grasp the controls. I just didn't have the comfort level to always not stall out the bike because there was a lot of times where you know you start and I'm just letting go of that clutch too fast and the, the bike lunges and then dies and I'm like, Damn it. Is it a real like aggressive shake? Like I remember when I was learning to drive a stick shift vehicle, like when you stall it out, the thing just shakes and makes a horrible noise and you just feel like the car's never going to move again. Is it nah, that kind of feeling? It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. But, uh, you know, but I, but again, the, the funny thing was, was that um, this while this was happening, while I was stalling out a few times, the instructor was like, well, I mean, you want an electric bike, so this shouldn't really be an issue for you. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to stall this thing out a couple times because this is not what... For me, it was like going to a modern car dealership to test out a car and be handed the keys to a Model T, in which <laughs> I was anticipated to pull levers and a wooga. You know, like I was like, this isn't really... I mean, and I know it's not that obsolete, but in my head, Dan, I'm thinking like, this is this is obsolete compared to what I want to be at. I want to have, you know, electric vehicles. I think, I think that's where we're headed. I think that's what I feel good about. And yeah, that's where I, that's what I would want to do. But that, that wasn't the case. So, you know, I spent, it's, it's summer and it's Texas. And I spent two days in pretty hot heat. 
right? But I had a good time. I got to be honest with you, man. Even if this isn't something that you're like gung ho about, it's almost like one of those cool like dad things to do on a weekend is just go ride some motorcycles. Go, you know, learn to be safe on a motorcycle because you get to ride around a training course, you know, and, and, and pick up some skills. That part of it for me, even though I wasn't that good at it, I wasn't good at the operating the clutch. I wasn't good at uh, making U-turns. I felt pretty good. And I went home the, the first night feeling great about it. Just sleep with your helmet next to you in bed? I, uh, I mean, it was next to me, Dan, just not in bed. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Dan. So Sunday, Sunday fun day rolls around. And this is the more serious day. You've got a few pretty difficult exercises there towards the end. And then you have an evaluation at the very end. And so, again, I've been in the heat for two days. Uh, it's hard. And, and motorcycles are hot. And you're really having to work physically to operate them. And I get through with day two. And the evaluation just kind of comes out of nowhere. They're like, okay, here we, here we are. We're going to do the eval. And Dan... It is with heavy heart oh, no. that I report back to you that I failed my evaluation. Mm. And here's where it gets a little bit sticky because the reasons that I failed the evaluation have everything to do with the fact that I was being evaluated on a gas motorcycle. I wasn't able... I, 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 I think you were given a limit of like six times to stall out. I stalled out five times. So that's a lot of points, a lot of dings there. But again, I was like, I don't care because I'm not going to ride anything that's going to stall out. That's not a thing for me. And you said the trainer kind of reassured you too that that was the that case. That was the thing. And then all of a sudden in the evaluation, it was like, no, you have to do this without stalling out. So that was weird. And then... Uh, there was a really tough, holy cow, this thing. I don't know that I could do this on a bike. Well, I do know I could do it on a bike. But I don't know if I could do this on a live wire, an electric bike. You had to, from a stop, take a 90-degree turn into a U-turn and go do the U-turn within a 20-foot wide box. So those were the two things, stalling out and then doing the U-turn that I absolutely flunked. And the, the the trainer was super cool. He was like, we'll let you try it again. After everybody graduated, you know, they all put the tassels on the other side yeah, of their hog or whatever. And th th everybody left and they let me try to get in. And, and by this time, dude, I'm heat exhausted. Um, I've got like the tremors from like the, the, like I've got the test jitters, right? I'm just, mm -hmm. and I'm flustered. I'm so flustered because I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I'm not that bad at this. I've been doing okay this whole weekend and now I can't even, I can't do anything. I'm just crapping all over the place. And so I walked away. I was like, he's, he's like, you're done. Like, we'll talk about this, you know, in the next, in the coming days. And Dan, it felt like, uh, I'll be honest with you, man. Like that was such a weird feeling. It was like a weird, like breakup almost out of nowhere because I've really truly been in love with this idea this idea of having a bike and doing little bitty 
fun stuff with it has been kind of a driving thing for me for a while now. It's a motivator. And then all of a sudden, within a matter of minutes, it went from being an idea that I was pretty much like, okay, this is all going well, to an idea that completely fell apart. And I was, I texted you guys afterwards. And honestly, man, I was just, I was really bummed out about it. Like I, I, it kind of just came out of nowhere and decked me. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of uh, a friend of mine. I remember he was saying that ever since he was in like middle school, he knew he wanted to do this one job and he like always wanted to do it. He went to school for it and college for it, got the degree in it, got out of school got the job and then within like the first three weeks his boss was like hey you're not cut out for this Hmm. and then it was like at that point it's like okay i don't know what to do then because like this is all i was ever thinking about doing and now it's like you know i don't have an option so like it reminds me of that to where like you just kind of have this vision and then it's not even like a slow like fading away because a lot of us will pick up hobbies we'll kind of get into it and then fall out of love with it like i've described many of those just on this show alone um but for this it seems very like you said abrupt like that rug getting pulled out from under you like one minute it's your something you're looking at and so the next minute it's like maybe not yeah it's definitely not a lifelong dream so i can't def i definitely can't say that this is just i'm absolutely gutted but it was a a mid to major bummer for sure now day a day after the the failed uh, evaluation uh, I got a contact, got called by the the sales guy, and you know he tried to smooth things over. He's like, "Oh, we'll figure something out." We still got a bike with your name on it, buddy. They sure do. The somebody else today. This is this is the roller coaster bit of it because I was down on Sunday, Monday I talked to the sales guy. And I'm kind of back up today. I talked to like the internet administrator. I don't know, she coordinator or something, and she told me that. In no uncertain terms, I cannot get on another bike at their dealership until I get a license. And I was like, wow, because the sales guy told me they would take the bike I'm interested in and maybe let me redo the eval. She's like, no, we can't do that unless you're in a course. Like, And I was like, okay, then I might be out on this. Cause I, so to get the license, you have to pass the course. Yes. So but then to get... To pass the course, you have to get on a bike. Yeah, but it's so the sales guy was trying to give me the impression, I think, that I could get a demo electric motorcycle and maybe start to use it to practice the U-turns and the stuff that I wasn't doing very well on. And the, the other person was like, no, that's not a thing we can do. The other guy's a new guy. He's just trying to, you know, do his thing. Okay. So, so I have two questions written down for you, and you please. need to tell me if I need to cross these out in pencil or in ink. Okay. The first question is, have you been invited to a gang? Mm. Motorcycle gang. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure where you were going with this. No, Dan. I, uh, I definitely have not. And the second is, do these electric motorcycles have fittings for a sidecar? Ooh. Because I... And have no interest in driving a motorcycle, huh? but with the proper safety equipment, I might ride alongside you. I, I'm not going to ride on on the the back of the bike or the front of the bike or however that would work out with you. But if there's a sidecar, I'll uh, I'll strap on the old scarf and goggles. What about those old spoke extenders that we used to have, where you could like put a friend over the wheel? 
Would you do that? Pegs? Yeah, the pegs. Do they, yeah. do they Dan, have you want, pegs do you, for motorcycles? Look, we've been talking about pegs. We've been, we've been no, you know, we, getting no. so close. No. no, we have not. The, okay. These are uh, these are different kind of pegs. Okay, different kind of pegs. Different kind of pegging. Title yeah. of the episode. Okay, so there you have it, guys. To be continued, because right now, Jack could make the safe and financially sound choice to not pursue this any further, or Dan might be doing this show all by himself in the coming days. Stay tuned. We'll find out. Well, Cotton Eye Joe, this ain't the little boy's room. Uh, yeah, sorry, man. There's no bathroom up here. You need to go back downstairs. Oh, no, that ain't no problemo. Just pass, pass over the honey bucket. The what? Hey, uh, wait a minute. I remember you. I saw you uh, I saw you the other day at that Harley shop. Yeah, you might have. I've been there a lot recently. Oh, not you. The pretty one over there. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. Uh, wait, excuse me? Yes, you. You were shopping. Uh, you were shopping for some riding gear, if I remember right. Kept telling everyone you were there for the Letter Daddy makeover special. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Come on, man. Could you ixnay on the Leather Daddy thing? Jeez. Oh man, sure thing, amigo. It'll be between you and me, unless uh, what does this red on air light mean? Is this going out to like? Thousands of people. Yeah. In which case, I'm sorry, uh, man. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, man. Who who are you? What me? Yeah. Name's Gruff. <laughs> Gruff Julep. Well, Gruff Julep, you're interrupting our episode about motorcycles. What a coincidence! I got a hog. I rode it into town just today. Oh yeah, right on, man. Uh, what kind of hog do you have? Oh, it's nothing too fancy. It's just a fat boy. Oh yeah, that's 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 cool, man. Uh, I'm I'm actually considering getting an electric. Hmm. My mine ain't electric, but it does have a curly tail and uh, likes to root around in the mud. If you know what I mean. Uh, no, no. Actually, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What am I talking about? What are you talking about? I, I think I think we're a little confused here, since you said you had ridden your hog into town. Nothing like a laid back cruise on your hog, fellas. Got the wind in your hair, sun beaming off the chrome. Mm. Uh, okay, if you're just joining us, we're speaking to Gruff Julep, hog enthusiast, I guess? Uh, anyways, Gruff, how long have you been enthused by the hogs? Ever since I could remember. Well, I had one between my legs since I was knee-high to a June bug. Uh, so what are some of the things you enjoy about hogs? Don't you know, I just love that guttural sound they make when you start them up, you know? That nice... Uh, sure, Gruff. You know, probably what I like best about hogs is the freedom, you know? You buy a lot less gas with a hog, and unlike an automobile, sometimes a hog will help you find some truffles. (laughs) So, okay, okay, so if we're following you correctly, Gruff... You're saying that you have a hog, it's a fat boy, that you ride, correct, and it has a curly tail and plays in the mud. Ain't nothing unusual about that. Uh, But it's also chrome. Correctamundo. And makes oink noises. 10-4. And truffles, right? It can find the truffles. You boys doing okay? You on that wacky tobacco again? I mean, 
to me, you guys sound about as crazy as a bobblehead I had mounted to the handlebars of my hog. All right, Jack, can I just ask uh, him? Just go ahead. All right, Gruff. When you say hog, are you referring to a motorcycle or a large pig? Huh? Motorcycle? Pig? I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I was talking about my penis. Anyway, I'll see you guys later, boys. Oh, my God. Uh, This episode of Men Seeking Tomahawks probably should have ended five minutes ago. But better late than never, subscribe to the program wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Become a tomahawk-seeking person by joining us over on the social And to hear more music from the musicians featured on the program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack, I'm Dan. Oh, gosh. His hog's making noises in the front yard again. What does that mean?